1: A day Podcast. What's going on, Packers fans? Welcome into another Saturday edition of the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Not a traditional Saturday podcast, of course, with Packers playing on Thanksgiving and getting an absolute W, which was incredible. Although, no turkey leg for Jordan Love. I was disappointed. I'm sure Jordan Love was disappointed. I saw the rest of the Packers' Twitter was. I'm sure Eli and Janelle have their own take on... Their preferred uh, method, if Jordan Love was able to die, you know, just sink his teeth right into a turkey leg. You know, maybe it was Greg Olson's doing, but regardless, we don't have an injury report for you guys today. Uh, Thus, we are talking about the key takeaways, kind of some film breakdown from the incredible game that was Packers versus the Detroit Lions in Detroit. Uh, I think most fans, Vegas included, had no thoughts or even maybe uh, I shouldn't say opt to. Opti- optimally, like thinking they would win, but the Packers came out strong, really, really set a statement with that first drive, and I think it continued throughout the rest of the game. But I, of course, am one of your co hosts, Matt Frick alongside me once again, Janelle Mackey, Eli Berkovitz. Guys, this is fun. Like, we haven't, we've had, we've talked about this a lot. It sucks having to go through the injury report. It would have really, really sucked if this game was on Sunday and we had the injury report of 17 players that were with injury lists throughout the week which we don't get to talk about that today which probably get to because it would be quite an episode but I'm excited to dive in and go through this some of the film breakdown I know Eli that's kind of one of your expertise when it comes to Packers content Janelle and I dove in a little bit going through some things and it's really fun because Janelle had the suggestion hey let's let's all you know all three of us come up with two plays a piece and go through that and we all had separate plays that we went through and Janelle none of those were touchdowns. Everything else, you know, they culminated towards a touchdown for most of these drives, but really, really exciting, Janelle. Janelle, I want to start out with you. How did you watch the game? I know the family is a big, important thing for the Mackey family. Did you watch it with your nieces, with your dad? What did it look like? And just what was the enthusiasm throughout the Mackey house or wherever you watch it for uh, Thursday's game?
2: Yeah, so I actually went to my sister's, and the the way that the Packers were playing, they were playing so well. And I was like, you guys, the Packers have not looked this good since opening week against the bears when we were all here together i was like so see you guys every sunday we're all gonna come to my sisters all i think there's eight of us now my immediate family uh some you know brothers-in-laws and now my three nieces as well like everybody together every sunday because that seems like the key but no it was a It was a lot of fun. You know, yeah, I watched my nieces, watched with my dad. Um, We're running around high-fiving. The Macs have their own handshake for touchdown celebrations. So (laughs) we're getting the nieces involved in that. They're learning. um, One of my little twin nieces, she loves to high-five, I learned. So everything was high-fives from her. But, yeah, I mean, Matt, you touched on it. Usually we come into these episodes and it's like we cover the injury report, which is obviously a very necessary topic to discuss. And we thankfully got out of the CVS list of injured players this week, and we actually get the chance to uh, not only discuss a game, but also a huge win. So this is a a huge podcast, I think, for us, and we all get to be here together to talk about it. So for that, I'm very thankful.
1: Very well said. Extremely thankful. It's awesome. Very fortunate to get into it. A nice change of pace, as you will. Uh, Janelle, you you missed the the pre-production meeting that Eli and I, and I slightly went over, and I say meeting very loosely. But Eli also has a large family. It was very chaotic, but with a W with Eli. Eli, hell of a game. Is there any secret handshakes? Maybe not even secret. Is there a family handshake for touchdowns, Eli, or is that something you and I both need to work on with our immediate family now?
3: Yeah, we're usually more of like... Lose your mind, tackle each other onto the floor. <laughs> there's not a lot of decorum for handshakes. No, so they just nice. get
2: reckless. It sounds like over yeah, the Berkovitz yeah. house,
3: <laughs> there's usually at least a few injuries. I mean, if the Packers have a good day, there will be bruises by the end of it, and that's what you hope. You know, okay. if we're going to start end,
2: getting the Berkovitz injury report along exactly. with our own,
3: <laughs> yeah, there's definitely been some concussions thrown around, and that's you know, that's the meaning of family. Injuring the ones you love,
1: <laughs> uh, guys. But honestly, like, I don't think any of us expect we didn't record together last week, which is the first time in a long time we didn't put an episode. But, um, digressing from that, I don't think we probably could have thought the Packers would have won this game. And you go into the game, and truly, like, sorry, the optimist. <laughs> the optimist of the group, Eli. I apologize to Janelle on behalf of both of us, but. Guys, honestly, just like the way it started, right? And I kind of want to just use that as a segue to go into some of the plays that broke down, but also let's, like, get into a little bit of the takeaways. Of course, like, one of my first ones, and it just kind of, I would say, across the entire team, and I don't mean to blanket statement and kind of take away anything you guys are going to bring up, but it it was very early on. The Packers had a different vibe of them, right? Easily we could have made an excuse for them, right? And generally now that there's been Thursday games, even on Thanksgiving, there is this common theme that, hey, you know what, road team on a Thursday night or a Thursday game, generally it's seven hours later, eight hours later, they play at 1130. The road team is just so, so overpowered. It's just, it's statistically, we've had those Thursday night games, it's just not, it's so hard to win. And they came out being the Packers offense, super, super strong. I mean, the offense was clicking, love was throwing. So one of my takeaways, I just want to say was like, and again, I I mean this to allow you guys to have an opportunity to, to go further, and I don't even want to have my other takeaway if I have one to you know, be omitted. But truly, just like the energy from the entire team, I mean, it was it was amazing. It was eccentric, and they have so many guys injured. Again, top guys that we've gone through week in and week out on the injury report. But I mean, you had guys contributing. Um, we'll get to one later on a special teams play that was like we haven't even I didn't even know who this guy was, and he's making plays out there. Or you have you know. Sims getting some good blocks out there and just guys that are like so low on the totem pole and even guys that are called upon in that secondary group specifically, like young guys. And I just think the energy and the confidence was, I haven't really, I don't remember a team like a Packer team looking like this. And I think even on the broadcast after the post game, Chris Collinsworth mentioned like, maybe this is not a perfect storm, but I don't know what his words were, but just like, they're getting these young guys, these youthful guys in the offense on the skill positions working really well. They're finding their confidence. They're finding their footing. Same with the defensive backs. I think just overall, I was really impressed from all three facets, just the energy level that was brought because as we know, Dan, Dan Campbell brings the energy when it comes to the lions and he was almost kind of stopped in his tracks with his team. So that would be my takeaway. Just truly like from start to finish, everything was stacked against them, but they were able to, to persevere. Janelle, did you have a a key takeaway or anything before we get more into our plays?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I, this game was so good. You guys, yeah. I, I'm old school. I write in a notebook um, when we're doing these kinds of episodes. So I have like a full page worth of just like pot, like for the most part, positive takeaways, which is super exciting because this, you know, going to the injury report, it's kind of more, we prepare for the next game, but this one we get to digest a previous game, which is super exciting. So um, there's just a lot that went right in this game for the Packers and not just like out of luck like it did for the Chargers, where it's, like, guys are maybe dropping passes. Like, this one, it's kind of like the Packers earned their luck, um, so that was really exciting to see, and I mean, just, like, yeah, Matt, you kind of mentioned the start of the game, and honestly, Jordan Love, just, like, throughout that whole game, he, he looked like he was playing with a lot of confidence, and he's kind of, like, making those riskier throws, and making, um, some plays that are maybe more questionable or maybe haven't worked out in the past, but he was doing it with confidence and it was working. And I think that was really important for him to just have a game like that, especially him and Watson, just really connecting and building that connection from the get go. And, um, just like throughout the game, um, I know Watson, he only had a handful of actual receptions, but they were all really big and really important. Um, in key moments to kind of keep the drive alive or to just help with building momentum. So Jordan Love, I mean, we, we've needed him to have this game and especially on a national nationally televised broadcast where people can watch it and people, you know, come out and they realize, okay, Jordan Love, he has potential to be the real deal. And I think in this moment we really got to see the true flashes of, who he is and who he can be. And I feel like he's just got such a high ceiling coming off of this game. Um, So, yeah, it was really, really good to see him. And even with, you know, all the injuries around him and on the other side of the ball and just, you know, we've mentioned the injury report and just how many guys there were on it. Um, Guys stepping up, doing their jobs, kind of fighting through that adversity and especially AJ Dillon. I was really impressed with the way he ran the ball. I kind of looked at his stats and I feel like his stats don't necessarily match the impact he had um, on that offense. And it was just, you know, he's out there grinding for extra yards, kind of doing the things that maybe he wasn't as successful with early on in um, the season. And he's out there hurtling guys. And it was just, it was a really fun game to watch him go out there and just, Um, just kind of fight for those yards and do what he needed to do. And I know Patrick Taylor got some flashes too. So even in the absence of of Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon was able to really step up in those moments. So, yeah. And then, I mean, obviously we're going to talk about Rashawn Gary because he was – He was just—he was it. Like he is everything for this team, and it is so fun week in and week out to just see him play. He goes out, he gets the sack trick. He's forcing fumbles. He's getting the game ball. Like just all this stuff. It's like it's such a blessing to be able to watch him and know that he plays for your team. So I mean, Rashawn Gary just as a whole is a key takeaway and such a key part of this team. So I think that you know that defense was so depleted. Um, especially in the backfield. But when you have somebody like Rashawn Gary up front, I mean, I don't see how that can't help you to go out there and be successful. And that defense looked really good. So I think a lot of that starts with, you know, Kenny's pressure, uh, Kenny and Rashawn and their pressure. And um, it just kind of felt like everything was falling into place and the Lions are a really good team. So obviously there's some miscues there and um, a couple of miscommunications guys, not where they're supposed to be. Uh, But Overall, I was impressed with the defense, and I thought that they also looked a lot better tackling. Um, looked like a lot more low wrapping up, which was I loved uh, watching, like rewatching the game and just seeing guys wrapping up and maybe not always allowing them to get those extra yards. Yes, there's still some areas of work, and obviously there's moments where the Lions are going to get those yards and the easy first downs. But for the most part, they really held their ground, and I mean, Lions went for it on fourth down five times, and they only allowed it once way late in the game so um yeah just there guys there's so much that I could ramble on about here just so much positivity from this game but I think that kind of touches on like the most important things for me and I watching the game I kind of thought that the Packers seemed a little bit more disciplined but then I looked and they did actually draw seven penalties which seems crazy because maybe it was just penalties not in such crucial moments like we're used to seeing um, cause it really didn't feel like they were shooting themselves in the foot like they usually do. So I think just this game felt a lot cleaner despite seeing how many penalties they'd actually drawn. Um, and I think just all phases of the game stepped up and did their job in spite of the adversity and, you know, walk away from Thanksgiving with a dub and no turkey leg, unfortunately, but still, <laughs> still a massive, massive day for this team.
1: Massive, massive day. You mentioned the seven penalties. Janelle. it's tough. I mean, seven penalties isn't all too bad, but it's definitely more than you would ever want, right? Seven more than you'd want. I think it helps a lot that five fourth down attempts that the Lions had definitely does that. I know Eli's got some to talk about that or even in relation to that. I think, Janelle, you got a play or two to go through. But truly, like, Eli, if I would have had my Thanksgiving meal after the... Well, I guess I did have it after the Packer game. So I did a terrible job of giving thanks for who would have been Rayshon Gary, who... You see that clip of him in the locker room after and he just says, you know, he hates crying in front of his guys. But man, when you look and just like the way it comes around, the way the football gods work, right? Like he, he tears his knee almost around the same time versus the Lions in the same field. And he like, he just comes in absolutely just puts on two force fumbles, three sacks. Got a guy like Jonathan Owens to stepping up in conjunction because Rayshon Gary is causing so much havoc and allowing a young guy, generally a special teamer like Jonathan Owens, to step up and do his thing. There's a lot to be, you know, impressed with. Eli, is there anything? I mean, Janelle and I have bitten off quite a bit off of that turkey bone, if you will. Anything else you want to get it to us before we get into their plays? And if you don't have anything, feel free to get in your like couple plays of your, you know, your main film breakdown stuff that we're going to get into as we get further in this pod.
3: Yeah, um takeaways, yeah. I mean you guys you guys covered it, which is good. I mean, I would say Malik Heath, just seeing what he did stepping in and Dontavian Tavian Wicks' spot, really impressive. Four catches, 46 yards on four targets, obviously very efficient, but he was also he made some just impressive plays, also made some nice blocks downfield. So I am sure Lafleur is going to be looking for ways to get him on the field. And then I think it's maybe you guys mentioned it and I spaced out, but Jonathan Owens, huge game, twelve tackles. Uh, And then even behind them, you see McDuffie and Anthony Johnson. I mean, the top three tacklers for the Packers, Owens, McDuffie, and Johnson. If you told me that in September, I would be very concerned about what maybe happened. But all three of them played great games. And it it is great to see that on a team as injured as this, I mean, it's always great for your depth to be good. But when your depth has to be out there and play a full starter snaps and step up and play like starters, that's huge for any team.
1: Definitely, definitely, yeah. I mean, honestly, Jonathan Owens, I know it's it's fun and ha-ha, he-he to say that he is Simone Biles' husband, but truly, like, 12 tackles. And, like, I thought there was an opportunity at some point for him to actually possibly be the MVP of that game based off of the play. Now, it's very obvious that MVPs, whether it be in an individual game, a Super Bowl, throughout the season, MVP Generally a quarterback, tough to argue, especially when Love had some dynamic throws. You know, you mentioned a couple of them, but yeah, Jonathan Owens definitely put on and I was really impressed. I know Malik Heath was definitely one that when I saw him in training camp this past year back in, what was it, July or August? there was some raw talent there, but there was a lot of miscommunication he was even have with some of his players. And all of a sudden he just decides to break out on Thanksgiving, but Eli, is there a certain play you want to start with? I know we've all, I've kind of tiptoed around what those plays potentially be. There's a ton that to go into and it's, it's exciting because there's, there was a ton of options when we were preparing for this episode, but you want to kind of maybe dive into your first one and explain why.
3: Yeah. Let's uh, let's go straight to, you know, everyone's favorite part of this Packers team and every Packer team for years, special teams, obviously. I mean, It's been such a good thing for the team for so long. It makes sense that's where I would start. But honestly, yesterday was a great day for the special teams outside of just this play that I'm going to highlight. But by now, we should probably be able to realize I'm talking about the fake punt stuff late in the third quarter, which uh, led to the Christian Watson touchdown that kind of put the game out of reach. Um, So the Lions, I believe it was fourth and five at their own. It was at their own twenty-eight. And they go fake punts, which like Dan Campbell has run since 20, 2021, 11 fake punts, which is insane. I don't know if I've seen, I don't know if I've seen five fake punts from the Packers in my life. So that's wild. Um, and this time, and out of those eleven, he has converted nine of them. So for the Packers to have made the stop where they which they did in that moment, it's just so unlike the Packers. The Packers are always the team. That is like you do something wild, even on, let alone special teams, even offense, but special teams, they're just not ready for it. And they get it. And especially the short yardage like that. And they weren't just ready for it as if they were coached up by, of course, you know, rich Versace the highest paid special team coach in the league, but it wasn't like they were just prepared. Like maybe this could happen. It seemed like they on that specific punt fully expected a fake to be happening. It was like everyone, number one, the way they lined up super wide, spacing between all of the down linemen they were playing very out wide much more than you would normally on a punt which obviously limits the offense's ability to get around the edge which is where most fake punts go so they're already there but when you go and watch you don't have to watch the l22 you could watch the game uh replay you'll show in the replays christian welch packers linebacker who essentially only plays on special teams he was he was moving out wide before the up man even caught that snap. It was like, he knew at the snap of the ball, I'm not going to block it. I'm not going back to make a block for my returner. I am running straight out wide because this ball is going to be a fake. And he was there. So blocking up most of it in the line was already, but he was there. And then Lucas Van Ness simply goes right past his blocker. Not even, I mean, he was touched, but he just blew past him, came in for the tackle. And we've seen this from Lucas Van Ness. It seems like, he'll come out of nowhere sometimes with plays way out in the flat or even a little bit downfield and make these just monstrous tackles where he – because people don't expect it to be hit from a lineman not near the line, and he just destroys guys. And that's what he did on this fake punt. Of course, Packers get the ball three plays later than the end zone, add to the lead, and give a ton of momentum. And it was kind of just like once we stopped that and scored – you kind of just felt the air come out of the lions. Like they kind of knew themselves like, all right, that was our last gasp and it backfired and we're going to lose this game. And yeah, while it technically got close at the end, like I feel like if I was watching that game and it was any team other than the Packers, I wouldn't have sat there like, Oh my gosh, could they lose this game? Because of course, until, until the Packers got the outside kick, I was convinced somehow this is going to go awfully wrong. So, but
1: it, the the game was well out of
3: hand for most of that fourth quarter.
1: Yeah, hence us being the more of the pessimists, Eli, thinking that the game could potentially you yeah. know, slip through our fingertips, and I thought the same thing, right? They get the two-point conversion. It's like, oh, man, what the hell is going on here? But to your point, special teams was great today. I know Janelle is a play to get to, but we Packers, we – sealed the game on a special teams recovery, right? Like that. that is, I think, a culmination of just like a ton of things. And I love the fact that you mentioned the special teams play because, you know, as new coaches, Dan Campbell, uh, I guess, great one, although he's having a very, very tough go of it the last year and a half would be Brandon Staley. Young coaches, they come in, they kind of want to establish themselves of what they're known for. I would say both of those guys pretty um, aggressive when it comes to play calling. But as, as you get longer in your tenure, there becomes more tape out there, right? And eleven times going for it on you know, a fake is allows a savvy football coach, Rick Spisaccia, to be able to say, you know what, this might not be an opp- This might be an opportunity. Is it at a dire straits so they have to fake it? No, there's five minutes left in the third, so there leaves more opportunity for it. You know, if they do blunder, but to have his guys in a position like that, I think it was huge. I think it was Greg Olson that mentioned that on the on the replay they showed it from the opposite end zone and just. Truly, the fact that they were lined up so damn well, um, to your point, it is more than likely you'd get that up man to go around the end and they were able to stop it. So that was incredible to me. I, I think the special teams is finally a thing that we can at least hang our hat on and it's not on one player being Keyshawn Nixon having to return a, a ball you know 40 to 70 yards to just omit any bad play that happened throughout a game it's truly been a coverage standpoint um, now there have some blunders as you know as far as maybe from Anderson Anders Carlson but ultimately the punting game has gone well the return game has been halfway decent Janelle I think you have a special team play if I'm not mistaken based off my notes that you wanted to get into so why don't you go ahead and get into that because it was a it was one that it was very fascinating to me and you know I don't remember if you're a volleyball fan but it did remind me of a volleyball type play maybe a little a Little set for a potential spike from uh, the young yeah, man I, on that special team play. I did
2: actually play volleyball most of my life, so yeah. that is a good analogy for me, and I, I do understand that one. But yeah, we're gonna go back to back special teams plays, and I know Matt earlier had mentioned none of us pick touchdowns, but that's because when you have so many, you can't just only pick touchdowns. So we will touch on the touchdowns um, either with our plays or at least touch on them at the end here. But yeah, this one special plays game, uh, one special teams play that just kind of like, I was like, oh my gosh, let's go. Like, cause it was just, you know, everything was grooving, everything was rolling. And it was kind of the moment that I was like, every phase of this game is playing playing good ball today. And that was in the third quarter um, on a punt from the Lions. And we have Rochelle go down there and the ball's kind of bouncing around like it's going to go into the end zone. And he kind of gives it a nice little bat and then Zane Anderson falls on it. And um, how the broadcast mentioned it, they said we had the, the Lions with their shadow in the end zone. And it's like, everything was just going so well. And to see the special teams go out there and also just have that really good awareness from these guys who um, are kind of no names to the outside. Uh, and they, they go in there and it's like, they step up and they do their part. And it's just kind of like, okay, the third quarter kind of started off a little rough. Um, And it's just kind of like a Packers thing where the third quarter kind of seems to be where maybe things go wrong. So, you know, to see that about halfway through, um, I I was just like mesmerized because it's like, that's not something that we see a whole lot from this team. And just the, the awareness with Rochelle and his feet and understanding, like, I can't step in this end zone, but the ball is heading that way. So how do I place my feet while also stopping this ball from going in the end zone so his body is at like a 45 degree angle and he's batting it away and Zane Anderson the one in the the area who falls on it um, within like the two or three yard mark it was just it was beautiful it was just everything that you want from your special teams like you mentioned Matt where it's like we can't always have Nixon out here running back touchdowns like other guys have to step up so I think it just it helps to put a depleted defense in a really, really good position to be able to be successful. And um, yeah, it just, I was mesmerized by it. I had to mention it. Like, it's fun to watch, you know, the big plays on offense or defense, but just like the little things like that, that make a huge difference in a game. um, You can't not
4: talk about it. Today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. I think it's safe to say we've officially reached the holiday season, which is sure to bring a tremendous amount of love and joy and its usual holiday cheer, but let's be real. It's also going to come with in-laws, chaos, and a fair amount of stress and anxiety as well. We've all been there. The holidays are always enjoyable, don't get me wrong, but there are also those holiday moments that we all have to deal with, and we can all deal with them in very different ways. If you're feeling anxious or nervous, sad or stressed, just know those feelings are normal but also know that there are different ways that you can counteract those feelings. And for me, therapy has given me a beacon to look to in those difficult holiday moments. It's equipped me with the tools necessary to handle and manage a wide range of situations and a wide range of emotions. During therapy, I've learned positive ways to deal with negativity, and I've learned the skills necessary to handle all the curveballs that life likes to throw at us. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so incredibly flexible, and it's adaptable to your unique schedule. Find your bright spot this holiday season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Packaday to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel slash Packaday. Hey there. I'm sure you've heard a ton about daily fantasy sports, but I'm here to tell you that you've never experienced anything quite like prize picks. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the specials league. A league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, LeBron James plus Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three points made plus receptions. Even more fun yet? Do you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. I've had so much fun making prize picks a part of my daily fantasy sports routine. They cover all of my favorite sports, have a ton of variety and different options to choose from, and the player choices are immense. I even had a fun J.K. Scott selection the other day for the Chargers game. I recently had a big win on Saturday morning in a London game, and it just made the viewing experience so much more enjoyable. It's fun, it's exciting, it's easy, and there's a level of creativity and uniqueness about it that I really, really enjoy. So go to prizepicks.com slash packaday and use code packaday for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. That's prizepicks.com slash packaday using code packaday for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars. Prize picks. Daily fantasy sports made easy.
1: Definitely. And even before the game, I think it was maybe <clears throat> a little bit of a highlight before we actually went to kickoff. And I out of the tunnel, or maybe it was a team huddle that I don't know who was at the center of it, but I did see twenty-two Rochelle, and I'm like. Yeah. I know we're, I know we're injured, but who the hell is Rochelle? And then all of a sudden he makes that play later in the game and it's just, honestly, things are going your way. And there's, there's special teams players across this league. You know, you can name them that are truly special teams aces and to be a gunner is a, a tough job and to get down there and try to block a ball, you know, tap it back into the field of play without stepping on the line. There's just so many factors of just having body control and awareness where you are and the goal line and, the ball. And it's just like the fact that he was able to make that play in kind of an unorthodox manner. Like you said, you know, that 45 degree angle am- angle was just honestly downright impressive. And I hope that, you know, just as an, another player that Rich Passaccia can have to have in his teams and continue to make it a a, an opportunity where guys want to contribute and do things there and I think it's just one of those plays you see there I, I definitely want to uh you know as much as we're loving special teams right now guys I want to you know stagger a little bit back towards the the first play of the game truly and this is um had been two things that I've been going back and forth on Twitter today uh one being that maybe Aaron uh, Alan Lazard should resign with the Packers if he was cut I'm getting absolutely slaughtered in my mentions today thinking that I thought people liked Alan Lazard I realized he's getting four. Four years, 40 million dollars. I'm just saying maybe he could come and block on some screens and be just a grit guy, but that's apparently a bad take on Black Friday. And the other one was that maybe Jordan Love underthrew Christian Watson there. Crazy thought, but end of the day, it, it truly reminded me of a couple plays that the Packers would start with when it was with Aaron Rodgers, the NVS, Jordy Nelson, Janelle shout out, like down the field where it's you go ahead and just like. First play, we're going to take a shot to set the tone, to actually set the tone on this game, right? Not set it up four, five, six, seven, eight plays to try to be able to chance, but like throwing that ball deep to Christian Watson. Could it have been further down the field? Yes. Does Jordan Love have the arm? Pretty damn good. Is Christian Watson really fast? True. Tough to, you know, it's tough to lead a guy if he's that fast and it's a long developing play. And I do understand the argument that two guys there, maybe he draws contact, gets a flag. It's a net W because it ends up not being a being a catch in the stat sheet, but is a 60-yard positive play for us. But I think it was just the fact that they're able to go out and be aggressive, let Jordan Love sling that damn thing. And Christian Watson, actually, one of my favorite things, he went up and went towards the ball. Didn't use his arms as a potential, like, um, go-go gadget arms. He actually went in towards and snagged the ball, came down with it. And he really – I think that set the tone for him to have a positive day. If you remember – Last year during the Cowboys game, he had those three touchdowns and that was kind of his, I would say, confidence building game. I saw that as not in a macrocosm, but like a micro first play. He goes out and makes a huge play. And I think that just was like a tone setting play, whether or not they were coming out with enthusiasm, like I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, or that play you know, energized them to do so. I think it was like, you know what, they had that play drawn up since Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday, whenever the hell it was, hey, we're going to go out and take a shot deep because we think we can take advantage of it. Two guys down the field playing defense, but they were able to get the ball. So I, I love that. I love seeing them take the shots because we do know that the shot plays with the inaccuracy that has been Jordan Love has been truly a problem, especially when it came late to games. And I love to see that both of them found a connection because at this point, before that play, I would say Christian Watson might be the third best receiver on the team because Jaden and Reed and Dobbs have been damn good. Um, But I that really, really made me enthusiastic about where that game was going and honestly gave me a gave me a little bit more faith in Christian Watson. And I know he was dealing with some um, family members advocating for him mm-hmm. on on social media. And he was able to step up and kind of prove them right in the first seconds of that game. Eli. Not to say this is your final play. Maybe you have another one that you want to throw in there, but I know you have another play, not special teams related, but I already mentioned Romeo Dobbs. It sounds like he had a pretty big play to set up a bigger play later in that game.
3: Yeah, uh, Romeo Dobbs, not necessarily the biggest game ever in the box score, but as he always is, making key catches. He did have a drop on a third down, which really was quite painful, especially for my campaign of Romeo Dobbs being – Really, really wonderful and almost, you know, fallible. But that dropped, it hurt. Three catches, 37 yards. So, again, not jumping off the stat sheet. But the play, actually, I didn't even realize this when I did it, but this play was only two plays after the fake punt, uh, which I just highlighted a few minutes ago. Second and 17 after a holding call on the Packers, obviously, on a Jordan Love scramble. They got brought back. It's right after the fake punt. You know, you have all the momentum. You do not want to waste it on a field goal attempt. and after the holding penalty and the way Carlson's been kicking from long distance, it's not even a gimme field goal. The last thing you would want after that fake punt block is to then not get any points. So second and 17, really big play, got to get some yards and Jordan love just steps back, gets some pressure up the middle, which worst place you can get it as a quarterback. And he starts kind of his body starts leaning left almost and Dobbs is coming across the middle and love just, Floats his arm out there, like opposite of the way his body is going. Like his body's going left. His arm floats out to the middle and just puts a perfect ball high up uh, over the linebacker, under the corner, giving Dobbs a chance to make the catch. And Romeo Dobbs, to his credit, goes up and just makes a phenomenal catch. All hands with a ton of contact from the defensive back on his back, on his arms, on his shoulders, reaching for the ball. He snags it, brings it in for a gain of 16 on second and 17. Bringing it to third and one, what follows that play? Christian Watson touchdown, putting the Packers up by two scores. A huge play, of course. Christian Watson, I mean, Matt just mentioned, getting his confidence back. Looked really good on Thursday. That touchdown catch was, I mean, let's just be it was a perfect throw. I mean, it was a great throw and just a sick catch. Like, I don't know if you saw that picture the NFL posted of him mid-catch. Very cool stuff if you haven't seen it. But none of that happens. If Romeo Dobbs does not make this catch, that again is incredible. I don't think any other receiver on the team makes it. Maybe Reed. Unfortunately, Watson. We love him, but in that kind of contact, we haven't seen it yet. But him to go up like they don't. If that's incomplete, third and seventeen. We're doing a draw or a screen just to get into better better field goal range. Totally different, you know, outcome, momentum, all that. So Romeo Dobbs, I a mean, great throw by Love, but Dobbs going up and showing again why I think he is going to be. Almost like, I mean, I think it'll be better, but almost like the Alan Lazard, you know, like the safe, I know he's going to catch it safe, mid to short to mid distance, nothing crazy downfield, but he just catches everything with, with his hands so smoothly. I love seeing it. So big fan of Dobbs and big fan of that play.
1: You mentioned the hands. I always think back because I believe that was Rogers last year harassing Romeo Dobbs about not being a hands catcher. I don't know if that was him, but yeah. it was early yeah. on. And like, it's funny because I've seen that throughout this the season where Dobbs truly is a great hands catcher, and it does come as time progresses and we're able to see what what Rogers meant. I think he knew all along Dobbs was a hands catcher, but would have weak moments possibly in practice where he was catching it on his body. So it's just kind of ironic that he continues to be an absolute, very, very strong with his hands. Although plays here and there, whether it's a not great pass or he's got to bail out, you know, love it's a little bit inconsistent, but he's a young dude. I I'm, I'm pumped to see him develop. And I love the fact that you pinned out, um, Dobbs because my timeline a few times, I think Ross Uglem had that, that video tweeted out, Eli, that you're talking about that, that, that sidestep and that throw. It's amazing. And I think love, You know, back to your original point of just, like, the way he was playing. Um, It truly, like, there is a blind confidence you need to play with as a professional athlete, and there's at times where I think mechanics can kind of fall short when you're trying to just play with how you feel. And I think it did work out in Love's favor on on Thursday because he was able to sidestep, like you mentioned, Eli, and make some crazy throws. A few, maybe, where if he gets his body in a better position, it's even a better throw, but at the end of the day, I like how he's – how he's how he's seeming to be playing and thus you know back to mechanics we know mechanics for any quarterback is a ever evolving situation rogers had had, had to fine-tune his throwing mechanic at one point changed up his i guess his tempo a few years ago with the packers when he had that drop step and he kind of wore used his back foot so it's it's a constant evolving thing as it should be but i definitely like where this team is going on the offensive side and speaking of um offense you know i know you had one play that guy that really I kind of we mentioned him earlier and I kind of um, alluded to it but um Jordan loved to Malik Keith like there's a play and I actually I Janelle you're telling me what your play was going to be when we were pre-recording and I remember exactly what I said when he made that throw I said no 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 okay screw it and when he caught it and that's literally <laughs> what that play was like it was no 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 don't need to throw it screw it he caught it so go ahead and uh, tell the people as we're uh, doing a podcast episode what what that play was and remind us how screw it actually ended up being a catch which was amazing
2: yeah, so I guess I'm just uh, following suit with Eli here. I'm special teams and then an offensive play from the receiver. So, yeah, mine, again, um, from the third quarter, it was um, at about, like, the 9.15-ish mark. And Jordan Love, you know, he takes the snap, feels the pressure. So he starts to motion right. Um, you know, he's just... Trying to escape, trying to see what can happen, and Malik Heath is on the other side. It's kind of like he's losing his footing; he's falling over. He's trying to get open on the sideline, and he's like doing everything. And all of a sudden, Jordan Love sees a window, and he takes a shot at it. And it's like literally, like just a long pass from like sideline to sideline, where it's just a a horizontal pass, and it's a long one. And Jordan Love doesn't have his feet set, and it's kind of just like, oh my gosh, one of those like. If this doesn't work, it's kind of like the one that could turn into a pick six kind of deal because of just like the positioning and um, there's just like nobody else to be able to make a stop if the defender jumps in front of this ball. But he somehow manages to find Heath, find a window. Heath makes the play. Heath's able to like get open. He's fighting for that window. Jordan Love sees it. He gets it. He catches it. And it's just kind of like one of those showing off Jordan Love's arm strength in a moment where, when Jordan Love has maybe made riskier throws, he's maybe under-throwing it, but this was one where it was just kind of like, like, you basically stated, Matt, where it's like the, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like, no, 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 and then it's like, all right, yeah, like, all right, cool, good play, but it's, in that moment, it's just like a lot of chaos, and things just aren't balanced, but it works, so I think it was just kind of like a, a testament to Jordan Love's arm and what it what like the potential is for it and also kind of his confidence as he was going through that game because now we're we're about midway through the third quarter he's feeling it he's grooving and he's kind of just like screw it I see that window I'm feeling it today I'm gonna go for it and it worked out and um, you know it's not a drive that I believe actually led to anything because I think um that's the same drive where Dobbs unfortunately makes that one drop but still it's just kind of like To a young receiver for him, not only just Jordan Love's throw, but I really liked Heath's, you know, desire to want to get open, and he sees that pass coming, and he's just kind of like, all right, he's actually throwing it to me, now I gotta make make the play here, and he does, and it was just like a really bizarre play, but it was executed, and I think that's just kind of gonna only add to Jordan Love's confidence and also a player like Malik Heath who he's kind of out there trying to earn his reps and I think that also benefits him as well. So yeah, it was just it was really bizarre. And that's a really hard throw to make too when you're running one way and you see the window the opposite way and you're trying to throw that. So for Jordan Love to be able to actually make that throw accurately and not only get it to him but also make the play, I thought that was that was huge, even though it didn't lead to anything. It was just really really good to see from him because it just kind of gives you that extra level of all right Jordan Love has all these tools in his belt and it's nice to actually see him all being utilized
1: and you mentioned earlier Janelle about like AJ Dillon you know had a good game when you watch it but in the stat sheet kind of maybe would get lost from a fantasy football perspective or just looking at a box score Mm -hmm. similar to this this sort of Malik Heath like not a single person they didn't watch the game is going to pick up on this but to your point like I think, you know, I said maybe arm strength. Could he have thrown his first ball deeper to Watson? Absolutely. Maybe it's not not an opportunity.
2: Watson later in the game too, which I I also think that Watson needs to come back on that ball, but
1: totally agree. But to your point, like with with the Heath play, it's like the only opportunity for that not to be a neutral or positive play or the only way for that to happen is if he throws that ball hard enough to Malik Heath, right? If he underthrows that, from that angle, I mean, that's a 40-plus yard throw from one side and basically the other, from one number to the number. If he underthrows it even a little bit, if it's a little bit of a balloon ball or a duck, that's picked off going the other way, right? We've seen that so many times from any quarterback in the league, and, like, the fact that he was able to put enough velocity on that to a, uh, as you and I both have agreed now, a screw-it throw, he just throws the <laughs> damn thing, and it's caught. Like, it's just impressive, and I don't know if it was 10-yard, 8-yard, 15-yard, whatever it ended up being. Just awesome, just to see that he's willing to do that, and I think it was just, again... Just having that moxie and that swagger about him throughout that whole game, that being, um, you know, Jordan Love, and I think it was rubbing off on other people too, but great throw. Loved it. My final play, guys, and this is the first defensive one we have, which, truthfully, there should be many more, and like you said, Janelle, there should be offensive plays, plethora, but really the one where I, you know, I was watching it at um, my girlfriend's parents' house, and they like football, but definitely not as much as maybe the Mackies or the Berkovitzes or definitely the Fralick family. Like, we're not – getting into any tussles or giving each other concussions or doing handshakes, but they obliged the fact that I can like the Packers and talk at it in nauseum. But the one that definitely made me jump out of my seat and almost curse was uh the Kenny Clark play where he just absolutely blows up the right guard and again doesn't really come off as much. It's truly in the you know the second half, but Kenny Clark as much as we complain about the defense, he has been, you know, maybe he hasn't been a consistent top three top five guy maybe there's reasons behind that he gets double teamed and whatnot and he is you know truly an og on that defense when there's younger guys being brought in as we have one of the younger teams what he when he absolutely blows up that right guard and just ends up in um jared goff's lap on after that play action it's just it's remarkable that a guy like that 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 big that strong can just do do that and I know we get a ton of guys in the league now that make absolutely crazy plays from that interior defensive lineman you know Chris Jones comes to mind or a guy on the end like a a Nick Bosa but really like that play was just fun because you it's it's you know in the trenches truly you see just Mineman versus lineman, and then there's just this incredible penetration of a guy that just blows it up. And it's just the play's over, there is no opportunity for anything to happen. Maybe he throws it away, maybe he takes a sack, maybe he a fumble, but he's able to get the ball out. And if it's a play action, he actually has his back turn where he rolls out and just, you know, like take a draw thing, he probably sacked for 10 loss and inside the round 10 to five. But that was a fun play, it's fun to remember that 97 still can wreak havoc whether or not he's maybe on the latter part of his career and he's not at that elite level that we once thought he could get to it's just that was a really fun play for me just to think that you know what Kenny Clark is getting the action, Jonathan Owen's getting the action Rashawn Gary it's everyone was involved in that defense and it, w- it was a hell of a football game like really when it comes down to it and now I don't know what you guys are looking like but you look at this this um this calendar right we have 10 days off basically till the Packers play KC we know LaFleur not that great with more preparation, which is kind of a head-scratcher. But after that, five very winnable games, two divisional games. It is going to come down to the wire, and I'm not sure if I'm pleased by that. I guess we'll let Janelle tell us. Eli and I imagine she'll be optimistic that, you know what, if we can run the table volume two and get into the playoffs here, great. But I'm pretty pumped to see what this team can do, and no better time, as we know in any sport, volleyball, basketball. Maybe it applies in any other sport, but playing your best ball with like a month left before you get in the playoffs is really, really important. What better time to do it now as you get into December? AJ Dillon can start running the ball with some snow flurries in there at Lambeau Field.
2: Uh, Jordan Love can run the ball too, apparently. Dude, I bit bit hard on that fake. I thought AJ (laughs) Dillon had the ball for sure. I'm terrible. I fall for every single fake. So... Yeah, I mean, the only thing that would have been better is if Jordan Love ran that one and he's out there throwing passes and they also ran, like, a failed Philly special. Like, can you imagine they did. if Jordan Love... That was... That was, like, Philly special was tough. had, like, the trifecta there, but, you know... Yeah, is that Philly special on. was blown like,
1: up. The, the Philly special was blown up, but, you know, like, he Love takes off, right? But he needs a softball or a baseball coach to show him how to slide. It's like, dude, please get down. <laughs> like, you're just... We need a little bit more of a... Protect yourself. There's an opportunity to take some big plays, but like get down. There's a few of them outside the that I'm like, please just hold my breath. But, uh, Eli, I don't know, you know, if you have any suggestion on sliding, you know, they can give Janelle and I for our softball or baseball teams, respectively. But, uh, Eli, any final thoughts about this game and what you think, I guess, going forward? What do you think for SNF 720 in Lambeau Field versus the Taylor Swift Chiefs?
3: Yeah. Um, I have to say now, uh, it's unfortunate because I'm going to embarrass myself terribly because you brought up sliding in baseball. You, growing up, I played a lot of baseball. As Jen knows, I've told her many times, you know, I could be the starting shortstop at all of her teams. She doesn't believe. <laughs> but either <Absolutely> way, <laughs> um, either way, I will say as I've aged like, it, you know, like an old man, I haven't played baseball consistently for a long time. So like a month ago, I played in this charity softball tournament um round second base i'm going to third third base coach is standing there saying you're good you're good don't slide don't slide of course i'm like oh i better slide because i don't know why exactly and then i halfway in the slide i was like no i don't want to do it i don't want to do it so i try to stop and i went full on forward fell went off my knees destroyed both my knees ripped them up bounced up and landed on my back on the base Everyone was like, yo, dude, you should not be on a baseball field. That was the most pathetic attempt at a slide in American history. And I retired from baseball that day. I will never play the sport again. So is that, you're good. Um, I won't come on your team and make you guys better.
1: Much to anything in any sport, you got to commit to it, Eli. You got to commit to the slide. You got to commit yeah, to getting yeah. the first down. And that's that's the first rule you you didn't trust. You didn't trust yourself. But, yeah, sliding I is – You can no, definitely I, tell Janelle – you can tell who's an athlete playing baseball or who's just a baseball player trying to be an athlete. That is a definitely wow. disparity. When, it, but it's Eli's
2: exciting. like the guy who usually has the pinch runner, so he doesn't know how to run the bases when he's actually oh, wow. out there.
3: <laughs> I round the bases with extreme speed, but I will fully admit that I almost never touch the bases because I'm not going to risk breaking my ankle. I don't thinking about it; it's kind of crazy running full speed, stepping on the base. I do it so rarely I can't even imagine what it would be like. But I'm surprised baseball players don't break their ankle all the time stepping on the bag. It's too Normally, good.
2: right.
1: <laughs> Normally the end of a show turns into a hockey segment, but Eli, you hit the inside of the base. And the fact that you're not stepping on the base just tells me you're an absolute cheater because then you would be out. Oh. You're not touching the base. So it's better. not that I'm a cheater. It's that I'll do whatever I want all the time. <laughs> we we're, we're already aware of that. Janelle, any final thoughts about the game and then let everyone know everything you got going on right now. I know hockey's in full swing. We got NBA, NCAA basketball, men's and women's, et cetera. Um, and let everyone know where they can get in contact with you and all the content you're putting out. And, um, yeah, it's going to be – I'm I'm pretty excited to hear, think, feel about the buzz that's going to be around Taylor Swift potentially being in Green Bay. Although it sounds like she's on a South American tour. So I don't know if you have any insight on that as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, my final takeaways from the game, I know we had mentioned, like – all of our plays, we wanted to pick something that weren't just touchdowns because there were so many of them that um, it would have just kind of overtaken the show. But um, we can just quickly touch on those quickly. So, you know, obviously, Matt discussed the Watson play really opening it up. And that gave the opportunity for Jordan Love to just, on the smallest thread, find the hole. I mean, Watson is cutting across and it like basically goes behind Watson, finds Reed in the smallest hole, and he's in the end zone. And that was just like, it was so fast. Like I had barely had the game on at that point. And I was just like, that's huge, a huge way to get the game going. A first quarter touchdown. It was like, Oh my gosh, what is happening on the opening drive? It felt like it was like I was watching a replay of a different game or something. It was, you know, that was huge. And then um, I don't know which one, I can't remember which one came first. If, if it was the defensive touchdown or craft, but either way, you know, Rashawn Gary out here forcing fumbles, just, doing his thing Josh Owens or uh, Jonathan Owens picks it up and um you know he could have just stopped you know I think they were trying to blow the play dead and everything but he takes off um which you know a very intellectual play for him to just know I gotta go to the end zone on this one ends up being a touchdown Simone Biles is freaking out um it's just like another huge play so it's like okay we have a defensive touchdown like this is so cool and then you also get the Kraft touchdown you know he finally gets that first touchdown we kind of had the tease last week where he actually ended up stepping out of bounds Um, but Kraft stepping up in a game where where Musgrave is out Um, they run the fake Kraft is wide open he gets in the end zone and you have you end the third you end the first quarter with 20 points That is unheard of for this team. That was huge, just a huge way to open the game. So that was really exciting. And then, obviously, um, later on, we get, like, the poster shot of Watson in the end zone as well. And you got Devontae Adams freaking out. And that's a huge testament to Watson when you have Devontae Adams calling you out and, um, you know, just praising you in that way. So there was just, you know, the scoring was, they were all very unique and um just like it wasn't like routine touchdowns where it's like yeah we're going to just hand it off and run in the end zone it was just like every play design was crazy or you know a defensive touchdown like it's just the things that you know you draw them up and you hope that they're going to work and they were actually executing on these plays so it was just a lot of fun to see so much scoring and not having to wait till it's crunch time you know it's nice when the packers are actually the team that goes out and gets the lead instead of having to chase and then try and get those three touchdowns in the fourth quarter, instead of just, you know, setting the tone in the first quarter. So hopefully we see more of that having the Thursday game. That's huge. A lot of time to rest up, get guys healthy. So I want to see a lot more of what we saw from this team and, you know, the, the lines are a good team. So I think that's also a Testament that, you know, it's not just they're out here balling up against a, a bad team. They're doing it against the, the team that's leading the division. Who's one of the top teams in the league right now so huge testament fun to watch them do all that scoring but now as we're wrapping up this recording I'm gonna get ready to go to my parents house and root for my high school team to go win a state championship so very excited for that you know football's not over for me yet I got that tonight gonna go root for the Cougars uh Hope that, you know, Coach Diggins can finally go get that ring that, you know, he so much deserves. And then we've got Axe Week on Saturday. So football's not over for us yet here. A lot of craziness going on. And then on Sunday, can rest a little bit. So. Far
1: from, shout out, I mean, not shout out Minnesota football, but shout out high school football in general. We had Wisconsin last weekend and some new names out there, but I know you're Centennial, you know, Central Centennial? Yeah.
2: Yep, Centennial. Uh, yep, my alma mater, where I also worked. You know, yeah, know the coaches well. Good a- so. Damn good
1: athletics, though. You guys have consistently had like good football programs or even sports programs. this year that's awesome. So I hope you yeah, guys can get it, a win. Yeah, it's that's, been fun, fun to cool. watch.
2: Yeah, it's been fun to watch all their hard work pay off. So I made sure, you know, text the coaches earlier, wish them good luck, and you know, just hoping that they finish the job. And they're playing Edina. Nobody's gonna root for Edina. So, no, I love Edina.
3: so you, yeah, you Eli. <laughs> Every single morning, I wake up and I say, Edina, please win all of the games.
4: Eli
2: a No one would
1: likes Edina. Edina no <laughs> is the most... Like, yeah,
2: I... It's the rule, Eli. Nobody likes Edina, but Edina. They're a bunch of it's cake true. eaters. That's
1: it's true.
3: It's Edina instead of like Edina or something. I don't know. It, I don't like it. I agree with you. Honestly, I hope Edina loses every game in history. There you go. Thank and you. So, there it is. There it is. So
2: hopefully, you know, this... You know, this podcast will not come out tomorrow and we'll already know the results. So hopefully when you're listening to this, you see all my joyous tweets praising our football program for their state title. So fingers crossed hell, there.
1: <laughs> hell yeah. Eli, I can't imagine you have a more sports filled weekend left than Janelle does. I know I'm going to be watching some college football and some NFL on Sunday, but she's yeah. getting all Gotta three get phases. Hi- back. <laughs> yes. High school, college, getting the axe back. From the Gophers, we got Sun, you know Sunday football, of course. Eli, let everyone know what you got going on, where they can get in contact with you, and of course any sports that you're listening to. And apparently, you're in a Dinah, Minnesota high school <laughs> fan now, which is very odd. But continue. Uh, yeah, look, I've never shied away
3: from being odd, but uh great news. You know, I was watching this Dolphins Jets game, and it's a terrible game. But being the degenerate gambler that I am, I had some, you know, some parlays in. And I'm very happy to announce, just cash big time. Garrett Wilson, even though I'm playing against him in fantasy, he just uh, won me a nice bet. So thank you, Garrett Wilson. Uh, hope to see Aaron Rodgers. Honestly, should not play behind this offensive line. We'll see him next year. But that's uh, the that's
2: the thing. It's like he's he wants to come back, but it's like they they've got work to do to be able to protect it. <laughs> yeah,
3: like I would love to see him come back, but I would literally. Die if something happened to him, so he cannot come back and get hurt. <laughs> so uh, I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. But what's going on? What's going on? Not much, you know. As always, find me on Twitter, Book of Eli underscore NFL. Here every Saturday with you guys. Of course, the Pack Show with Jen and Zach. um After a big win like this, definitely hope we recap it. Probably what is it? Today's Friday, Saturday. So yeah, sometime early next week, and. Yeah, my writing over at Uh Yeah, that is basically where I'm at. And uh, go, Packer. I am excited. You know, yeah, win
1: out. Let's go to the playoffs. Let's have some fun.
2: Run the table 2.0. It could
1: be. It, it literally could be. Like, but have math, your finish, I, <laughs> I just don't want it to be last year where it's like winning and get in and we just fall short. Like, that's what I can't. I can't accept that. I can't have another where it's like all we need to do is win. We had everything in our favor, and it just not happened. But we'll see what happens. Of course, you know uh, you can still follow myself at matt underscore fra underscore on Twitter. That's at m a t t underscore f r a underscore. Like I said, apparently saying Christian Watson in that throw to love was or love's throw was an underthrow, throw was a, a a misstep. And then I calculated a, a new bad take that Lazard should be brought back and. Bad. So, if you have any more comments <laughs> that I should be re- redacting, um, and I guess it is Friday, nothing yeah, going we on. should Post- know Packers better win. than
2: to root for somebody who no longer plays for the team. I
1: guess I don't know. There's just certain <laughs> players that you think have some sort of like we're, we like. Well, that's we like, like
2: him. I felt bad for I felt bad for MVS when he it's, made wow. that drop. Like I just have I'm an empathetic person, and it's like I, I had some people who are like, who cares? It's like he's a person. I I have my own
1: thoughts and opinions on Marquez Valdez-Scantling about a person. I will not get into them as this episode. Uh, (laughs) I will just say I was amused that he dropped the pass. I was going to say overjoyed. That would be (laughs) very rude of me. Um, But, yeah, it it, it is what it is. If you want to interact on Twitter, of course, reach out. DMs mentions etc if you can of course support Packaday podcast in any capacity retweet this episode like it share it with your friends of course follow everyone a part of Packaday podcast is you can get all sorts of from you know Eli's writing Janelle's takes etc mine as well everyone involved with it please do that cuz it really supports us and of course if you haven't already no better time than a long holiday weekend to Get caught up on Pack a Day Podcast when it comes to the YouTube side. Andy is absolutely crushing over there. It sounded like from everything that he was tweeting out last night, not only enjoying his pizza Thanksgiving meal, which is just absurd. I can't get behind that, but it is Andy. <laughs> he was very enthusiastic about being able to do the recap of um, you know, the grades. So shout out to that. Definitely go watch that. I will be catching up on that tomorrow morning as this episode releases on Saturday. And of course, continue to follow us on any of your socials, like we mentioned, rate, review, subscribe, YouTube. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. We appreciate all the support, guys. I hope you enjoy your weekend, Janelle. I hope all your teams win, Eli. I hope whoever you want to win, apparently in different states, wins as well because we'll support you. But um, you. until next time, you guys, let's enjoy it. Let's see what the injuries potentially look like for the Chiefs going forward for the Packers to see how healthy "quote unquote" we can get. I know we had a long break a few, uh, maybe a month ago to see where they get, and they get they actually got more injured, uh, which is. Strange, but let's maybe December is a little bit more of a, a blessing for the injury report as we continue to go along. But nonetheless, you guys take care, be well, enjoy the long break, and as always,
4: Let go.